Well, hello there, Uber Cinco listener. Before we get started with today's show, we need your help. We're putting together something new, something a little different. A new podcast called Weird Shit I Saw This Week. Now it's going to be filled with a bunch of weird shit. Not just our weird shit, your weird shit. And we kind of need your help filling out the show. So if you want to be in an episode, please head on over to weirdshitisaw.com. Or if you're more of an acronym person, you can head on over to WSISTW.com. That's the full thing. Weird shit I saw this week. We really wanted to do WSIS, but that was already taken by the Wisconsin Society of Independent Sororities. So WSISTW.com it is. Again, that is weirdshitisaw.com. You can submit your email to be notified when the podcast is launched. Or if you scroll down just a little further, you can fill out a form of something weird that you have seen either this week, this month, this year, whenever. We will find a time to get together to record your story to include on the show. Again, head on over to weirdshitisaw.com or wsistw.com to fill out your email and your story to possibly be included in our upcoming project. And now, back to Ubersinko. would like to formally state our belief that violence of any kind is unacceptable. Physical attacks are unacceptable under any circumstance, no matter what verbal offenses have been committed. Resorting to violent confrontation is a childish response to any situation that could instead be discussed by two grown adults to find a peaceful resolution and a more mature understanding of the issue at hand. Again, we here at Ubersingo do not condone violence in any form. But if we did, we are going to take a long, hard look at who exactly would be on the end of our righteous bee slaps and sucker peas. Today's topic is top five people you'd slap on stage. And I've got just the two emotionally stunted, petulant little brats whose entitlement and success have left them trapped in a cage of developmental adolescence for far too long. It's Mitch Brinkman and Brian Ernst. Mitch, how the hell are you? I'm sore and not like physically sore. I'm just like, I'm kind of angry and I've got some bones to pick. I've got some scores to settle. And so this episode came at just the right time because my hand, it's, it's perspirating. It needs to, it needs to uh, be taken up for a jog, if you will, on someone's <laughs> cheek. So yeah. All right. That's beautiful. Brian, it's ready to go. How are you, sir? I'm good. And as a former third degree brown belt, I am super happy to be able to exercise my God-given talent today. Third degree. <laughs> Third degree. Third degree. Oh, wait, wait, did, you say, did you say belt or or stripe? Because I, I think I've you've said you've had the, the third degree brown stripes before. Third degree stripe is in my drawers. The third degree belt oh, okay. is around my waist. That is <laughs> okay, what we need we to know. <laughs> All right. By now, you know how the game works, and we'll go through the list, and I'll be doling out points based on the merit of most slappable to least slappable. And if there's the same name on both lists, well, we have an Uber stare down where the points are all or nothing. And as host, I'm entitled to a house rule, which is pretty simple this week. If you come at someone I love, someone I cherish, someone Papa Bear would defend if you came into the den after my young ones, I'll be deducting points. Sub-zero scores are in play. 
And don't forget to stay tuned to the end for my Fast Five send-off, where I, Nathan Henninvent, will reveal the all-time list of rock band members who joined based on nominative determinism as guessed by Brian Ernst, or Arborumja Bondage Gagbibio for short. Made the acronym in case this game catches on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and get started. Mitch, let's hear your number five. Wait, I, I have a question first before we start, Nathan. If I present a, a case for one of my numbers and that case uh, makes you want to slap me on a stage, do I get bonus points or do I, do I get p- points taken away? I'm going to decide in the moment. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, you withholding mother... Oh, I would like to get you up on a stage right now. Son of a bitch. Okay. Uh, all right, my number five. <clears throat> he, he's a classic baddie, a true villain, straight out of the 90s and, uh, and the Republican Revolution. <laughs> Praise God and taxes, or lack thereof, excuse me. Um, that is my number five is Newt Gingrich. Uh-oh. Oh! Oh dear, right off the bat, we have an Uber stare down. Well, this is a good sign. I'm kill you, Brian. Brian, what was this matches up with your number five as well. What did you list as your number five? Very specifically, every member of Congress that voted against the capping of insulin at $35 and denying health care coverage to veterans exposed to toxins. Okay, and what was the acronym for that one? Uh, that is E M O C T V A T C A. I don't remember. Okay, Sorry. that's too long. That's too long mouth. and convoluted. Mine was much more catchy. <laughs> All right, so we're we're going after the legislative branch here, uh, Mitch. You, the floor is yours for for Newt Gingrich. Why would you slap the hell out of him? Sure. First off, I would put up on, put him up on the stage. And just before the commercial break, so he'd come on early, and they'd be like, and now, wait, sorry, commercial break. So I'd leave him standing up on stage <laughs> for a good five, six minutes. <laughs> just let those lights bake him a little bit so he's a little sweaty. You know, his, his makeup base is starting to run a little bit. He can feel his his hypocrisy leaking out his ass, you know, just a little bit, uh, you know, rolling down his thighs. And I'd get up there, and I'd say, Newt, this slap is for and then I'd hit him inside mid sentence get catch him off guard but I would slap him so hard he'd only have jowls on one side of his face oh. all right that's how hard I'm slapping him when I'm done and the reason I'm slapping him is because he was the leader of the terrible 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 idea that congress should be a battleground and it's a zero sum game and uh blood in the streets um no holds barred uh, uh a gorilla politics takedowns all that kind of nasty shit newt led the the take back of the house for the republicans in 94 and that kind of idea that that mentality that energy has not ceased since then and it's only made our country and our our public spaces the debate in in the in the winds if you will worse and worse year by year and that i think can be directly attributed uh as a large source to newt gingrich he's also just that's not is that his given name? I don't know. I didn't do enough research on him. But if you could, why not go by a different name? I guess maybe he was he's like a lizard person and he's like, when I'm older, I will be the top villain. <laughs> and he's just like, that feels good for him. So now I now I get it. And now I'm like, okay, that is a great name for a terrible, evil politician. I guess um, I was unaware that things were any different before 1994 because I was too young to remember. But I just, I guess I, I had assumed things were always 
Wait, you weren't like eight-year-old Mitch just sitting on the floor watching C-SPAN incessantly? (laughs) Just just thinking about how our country used to be so much better than it was? (laughs) Well, okay, you guys see how much my my blood boils on this show. I I take after very closely to my father, Daryl Brinkman. His blood boils very hard. He'll be watching, you know, like Meet the Press, and he'll just be like, God damn it! These freaking (laughs) Take a sip of coffee to try and calm himself like, these freaking thief, asshole, fucker, shit, mother... It's, you know, whenever, like, that classic scene in any movie where they're like, Dad, do you need help with the, with the fixing that motor? And he's like, no, son of a bitch, fucking... That's what my my dad sounds like watching uh, political shows. So, um, that's my... The the dad in the Christmas story fixing the furnace. Yeah, there we go, there we go, yeah. So you said, you said Newt Gingrich is, uh, (laughs) Newt Gingrich is, you're you're cutting him off before the commercial break. What event is Newt Gingrich at? He's trying to, he's trying to take the, was it the 90s when the Democrats worked with MTV and did rock the vote? Um, (laughs) So so. he's now trying to do that with like Kenny Chesney and he's in Nashville somewhere. So it's like, you know, it's, it's it's like the country it's like the maybe it's like the Young Country Music Awards or something like that. So the YCMAs, <laughs> and uh, so it's a bunch of youngins in Nashville at the maybe it's at the Grand Ole Opry or something. Um, but uh, but you know uh, they could have just called them the YMCA's. Really, it was right there. They couldn't call it that. <laughs> no, they got to jumble it up. Not this acronyms today are really pissing me off. <laughs> you think you you think the Young Country Music Awards? Could 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 fuck with the Young Men's Catholic Association? No, 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 no. Too much power, too much money. <laughs> they they would have gotten sent to hell with lawsuits. So True. that's my number five. Newt can go all the way to fucking hell. I'm surprised he's not dead yet. But when he does, I'm gonna crack open a bottle of bubbly. So. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's go across the aisle to the other members of the branch that Brian is uh, quite upset with. Brian, elaborate. Well, Nathan, you're going to have your work cut out for you because you're either going to decide on the father of this issue or the result of the issue. And I'm talking specifically about two recent bills that are just proof that there is no bipartisanship anymore at all. We all know that just raising the price of drugs just because you can is completely immoral. And if we saw anything from uh, what's his face, that pharma bro who did it with the AIDS medication. I mean, you're seeing it again with with insulin, something that is necessary for people who either are get diabetes later in life or are born with an insulin deficiency. Like it's just the thing they need to survive. So a bill recently was like we're going to cap it at thirty five dollars a vial or whatever the um the measurement was and a lot of people seem to agree like okay good price like that big and then mainly republicans oppose that saying that that's it's just gonna cost us too much money over 10 years as if they didn't just approve an 800 billion dollar uh war machine uh act not too recently and then and then on top of that they actually voted to deny health care coverage to veterans exposed to toxins People you've sent off to war exposed to things that are horrible, you're denying them health care coverage. Yet you're the same people that cry, support the troops, bring them home, all that jazz. Yep. But as soon as you're home, we don't give a shit about you. Just just come back down, get off the plane, and we are done with you. Which is a and, bunch and, of bullshit. And this happened with, with 9-11 first responders too, it's obviously. Still that, happening. that long, it's long still fight. Not yeah. Really done. 
And then also, too, on top of it, these guys are getting uh, toxic poison or whatever because they, it's all the burn piles, right? right? Like when they're in other countries. I'm assuming Like all so, their yes. garbage. Yes. They just like dig holes and then burn everything, which also you're fucking up that that country's ecosystem. And then also your own your own um, your own soldiers, too. Uh, it rem- it's fucking terrible. Yeah. One of my favorite. Well, I say favorite, but one of the most pointed George Carlin quotes, Republicans want live babies to grow up to be dead soldiers. Yep. Oof. That's yeah, true. Pretty harsh. Um, I, I, I wanted to add one more thing to the Newt to Newt thing because I, I, I'm realizing a slap wouldn't be enough for Newt because he's been married three times. And every time he marries a new woman, he divorces the last woman. Uh, every single time it's happened, he's divorced and gotten remarried within the same year, which tells you one thing. What is that? He was cheating on every single person. And so he's a real... He's a real bastard. So he's been slapped before. He's absolutely <laughs> been slapped before. So be I might new. just have yeah. to change it. Yeah, I, I I might have to put, I don't know, a closed fist slap, which that becomes a punch, or a double slap, something like that. So Newt's really going to have to get it. Um, otherwise, it might just turn him on. You never know. And so, I realize I've explained but. my why thoroughly. I haven't expressed my how. This is the one oh. I'm like super excited for because think about how many of them I get to line up. Now, the <laughs> Apple box budget on this is going to be through the roof because I got to get all their heads at the exact same height. So we're going to get everybody <laughs> stuck up, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm just going to run down with an open palm and across all these motherfuckers. You could do this under the guise of you're getting a group photo where they need to be level. Yes, you set up the this camera. Is like the, this is for America's first best Americans ever for the American edition of American history books for America. <laughs> Boom. They show up. They're like, oh, wow, we're all going to be the same height. It's going to be such an even photo. It's going to be so great. <laughs> stop what you're fucking doing. Just stop it. And then God. I'll go back the other way. <laughs> oh, as, as beautiful as an image as that is. And this is a very close one. But I have to go with with Newt Gingrich because he is. He, he was, as you said, the father of, of all that came after. And also, uh, anybody who's on stage at a Christian Music Awards festival has it in for uh, a, a nice little uh, tap on the cheek, as far as I'm concerned. What about the people so Mitch, who bought tickets to said festival? They should be slapped, too, huh? Well, we can, you, can, you can do your photo thing there. Everybody wins. Admission's yeah. free, but you, you got to take one on the cheek. <laughs> All right, we're going to... I think I would say before I hit him, I'd say, I am your Judas. And then, <laughs> and then slap him on the face. Like, yeah. Here he is. Mark him. Uh, let's go to Mitch's number four. <laughs> My number four uh, is is a guy that you, you both have never met, and you never will, because uh, I tried to find him on, on the onlines after I thought of this one. Couldn't find him, so I don't know if he's dead or... Uh, I'm assuming he's not. I'm hoping he's alive somewhere. Mr. Cullen. My eighth grade English teacher. <laughs> yeah. So Mr. Colin was, let me just pinch a quick picture here. You know, khakis, like a, like a gingham shirt tucked in, you know, like a leather belt, you know, his sleeves rolled up just so imagine like Michael Bluth, you know, like, or like every Jason Bateman movie, how he has his sleeves rolled up, you know? Yeah. Cause he's like ready to get down to business. Imagine like an Irish redheaded Michael Bluth. That's, that's what Mr. Colin is. He was a super nice guy. Great teacher. Tons of patience. I mean, I've never seen a teacher, I think, with more patience in a classroom. Never raised his voice. Just a sweet, sweet man. He he did a lot of charity work. I remember that. He was the speech and debate coach. He was very good at that. He was beloved. He was absolutely beloved. Um, 
And so I would, I would, I would invite him as my special guest to the uh, national um, U.S. government education awards, um, and I would be presented with the 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 most shameful award of the night at that award ceremony. And that'd be um, uh, number one procrastinator, and uh, this is all due to Mr. Cullen because Mr. Cullen told me, Mitch, you can relax for a bit here, dude. Like you're, you're way ahead of all these other kids. He told me that he's like, you're good at English. You don't need to like worry, right? Like you're, you don't have to like stress about this. And then I realized like, Oh, I, I used to always stress before that. I was like, Oh, I can stress less. Cause I I was at a new school and there was a lot less um, educational uh, competitiveness going on. And so I got a big head um, and oh, that's where it uh, came from. Fil- <laughs> yes, okay. yes. This is Mr. Cullen. Yep, 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 yep. Um, Wait, is Mr. Cullen uh, your dad? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was. He's a very opposite of my father. Um, but uh, and so yeah, I just I, I would get Mr. Cullen up there. I'd say thank you, Mr. Cullen, for giving me this great ability, and I would just haul off. I'm like, wait, actually, no, I shouldn't do it yet. Hold on, let me just. And I, I would procrastinate the slap. I'd be like, hold on, wait, I want to say some more nice things about you. And I'd be like, you really probably don't deserve this, but and I'm like, ooh, oh my shoulder, ooh, hold on, I'm not ready to do this just yet. And then on the third time, then I would haul off and give him a nice slap. Uh, and he'd probably thank me for it. He'd probably, you know, he'd probably apologize as well. That's how nice of a guy he was. So this is not this is not a slap that makes me feel good, but it's one that I'm just trying to take. Um, I'm trying to brush off the personal responsibility of procrastination onto someone else. You know, I'm trying mm-hmm. to not take personal responsibility for it. So this is that's my way of doing it. Um, and uh, and I would be I would be the disgrace of the award show. I'm pretty sure I would. So. Um, <laughs> But so yeah, Mr. Cullen, I'm 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 giving him a nice nice little smacker across the cheek. All right, so we got slapping <laughs> a, a kindly old man for yeah projecting your own faults onto him. Um. <laughs> At the time, he was probably about thirty five, maybe, or he could have been forty, or he could have been twenty eight. I have no idea. But now he is older, so yeah. Oh, so he but, was a young man at the time, very extraordinarily yeah. young, thirty five. Just he he was a he's so young, yeah. so young. His whole was life like a, was ahead of him. He was like a New York four, but a St. Paul seven, oh, okay. you know? Yeah. So, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And Mr. he's the complete opposite he's... of your dad. So does he just masturbate when he watches meet the press or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what does that mean? He, he, he probably just agrees. He agrees <laughs> and he's calm during it. So yeah, that's not opposite enough for me, but that's fine. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Well, Brian, what what would your number four be? What kindly uh, member of the community are you going to slap? A pediatrician. Oh, um, good. So this one. Yes. yes. Easy ride for too long. Pediatricians. <laughs> this one is specifically my pediatrician from the early 90s. Can't remember his name. All I know is that later in life, my mother disclosed to me that he suffered from narcolepsy. And this was the guy who immunized me. So this guy would fall asleep in the middle <laughs> of exams. Oh my God. And this is why I'm putting him, I'm just bringing him on stage to slap him just for his own good so that he knows exactly where he needs to jab me with that needle. So mm. this is me just giving to him what he needs. Hey, wake up, bitch. <laughs> Upper <laughs> arm, all right? That one's not for the ass, all right? Just get it where it needs to go. Make sure you got the band aid ready. Open it up before you take your nap. That way you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Come on, bitch. Let's mm-hmm. go. This sounds like <laughs> this sounds like one of the more politically incorrect Seinfeld episodes. 
This is just true life. Only thing I remember, he always had great ties, like super, like, I don't know, like the genie from Aladdin, the very elaborate, like cartoony ties. But then he would just fall asleep. <laughs> How long just would like, he be well, out? I have, I, I need to get my mother on the phone for this one. I have no idea. But apparently she's like, oh, yeah, he falls asleep all the time. And we would just wait. And I'm like, what? We kept going back to him? Why? <laughs> Yeah, your mom is a medical professional. Why yeah. wouldn't she bring you to a different pediatrician? It sounds like you might need to slap your mom. Uh, she's next. She's next on this list, mom. <laughs> Karen, Karen, you better you better protect your cheeks, darling. All right, <laughs> Brian's coming for him. I, I suppose I got, if you're yeah, I, if you're uh, a person who has a passion for the medical field and wants to do good and help people, pediatrician is probably the way to go. Though you don't want to be like a a brain surgeon or an ER physician and then fall asleep in a real life and death scenario. If it's just, if it's just poking uh, Brian in the shoulder, you know, that can wait five, 10 minutes or whatever beauty sleep you need. That's no big deal. Which is fine. It was always really fun. We had that little hammer in his hand. We about to go to your knee or your reflexes and just <laughs> clonk out. <laughs> Are we sure he was an, a narcoleptic, uh, a narcoleptic or he just like had a, had a, had a, like a moonlight or a moon, What's the term? Moonlighting? Did, uh, no, did I you like, drive a cab at night or something? No, I wrote this down. Right. Necrophiliac is what he was. Sorry. Oh, he's no. a necrophiliac. <laughs> oh. That's that would have that uh, that would deserve a slap. Um, <laughs> but well, but, that's what he does to check them to make sure they're not alive. Oh God! <laughs> I also had uh, one of the nurses at my doctor's office in childhood. She would her eyes would flutter and close often, and so she would. Her eyes would close as she was administering shots, which was also pretty pretty scary. She didn't fully fall asleep, and she would talk to you with her eyes closed. But um, I, I so I understand this fear, Brian. I'm I'm right there with so you. So was she narcoleptic, or was she having flashbacks to her necrophilia? I, I'm really confused. She was she was flashing forward to the next time she could practice <laughs> necrophilia. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I, <laughs> this is why you should never put pediatricians next to cemeteries. I've always said that. <laughs> exactly. Where, yep. How did we get here? Um, well, I have to say I don't have any stories like this because I was never vaccinated because my parents actually love me and care about me. Um, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Nathan's um, uh, vaccinated by it, but, but by a veterinary. I was vaccinated was? by the. I was vaccinated <laughs> yeah. by the blood of Christ. Okay. Um, oh wow! So both both of you are getting one point because these sound like nice people who uh, deserve a break. So I'm I'm gonna yeah. al- I'm not gonna allow you to, to hit them too hard. Just maybe a light tap with a glove and challenge them to mm-hmm. to satisfaction. Pistols at dawn. Um, Mitch, it's time for <laughs> your- see. My guy only got satisfaction at the morgue. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is dark. Uh. But a Hello, I'm here to play. Come on, come on, host. Keep us on the rails. I said, I said, I said, Mitch, you're number three. Oh, sorry. Okay, uh, my number three is a very important one, and um, I am, I, I am. I'll say it. This will be shots fired. Shots fired uh, at 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 people in this room right now. And my number three is Irving naxon is who i would smack real freaking good and uh this would be on a on a cooking competition show um there'd be a stage built up there um i would pretend as if he won the cooking competition show with his invention which i will reveal shortly and then i would just dip my hand in a ooh uh like a chocolate pudding and just 
haul off and just give him one good freaking smackaroonie. <laughs> and he'd get a couple licks of delicious pudding, of course, off his face. But uh, there would be a mark left, obviously. And Irving Faxon, I will smack him so fucking hard because he invented my least favorite kitchen product, and that is the crock pot. Okay. What? Oh. He is Irving. Irving Naxon was a money hungry and just plain hungry inventor. Let's be honest. Um, but he was too dumb to make the crock pot work. So he sold it to the rival company in 1970. And then they brought it to fame after that. Um, but I just, I hate crock pots. Why does it look like there's doilies taped around the outside in a classic crock pot? Like, why does it, Fair. like, why does everything have to look like, and this is right out of grandma's closet. <laughs> you know, um, it pisses me off so much. Um, and and of course, when they came out, they 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 said, "Mothers, this will save you so much time. You'll get all this time back. You'll become the best mother." And then what they didn't realize what it actually did was it just gave them more time. So then families expected moms to do more and more and more and more. And a crock pot. I'm sorry, but guess what? You can also cook meat for a really long time in a pot. You don't need a separate fucking thing, okay? And if anything, what Crock-Pots did is just degrade people's ability to turn whole ingredients into finished meals. I'm sorry, but just dumping shit in a thing and turning it on. Oh, what are your heat settings? Oh, we got high and low. <laughs> oh, great. Wait, what does that mean? I don't know. It's high and low. Okay, cool. How do I do a recipe? I don't know. Buy our exclusive recipe book. Fuck off no thank you at best it's a cheese warmer you've already made a cheese sauce in a different pot you put it in there for a party and it's i'm not talking fondue because fondue goes to crap in a crock pot i've tried that (laughs) or you have little hand towels rolled up and spritzed with water and it's a it's a towel warmer keep a nice uh, hand towels warm that's it's the only time i want to see a crock pot anywhere and i'm sorry but bringing crock pot to a big family um uh, just oh gathering I'm, I'm i'm thinking about all the terrible shit i've ate out of a crock pot sorry <laughs> and like the skins that develop and they and they cook differently and weirdly and it's just never good there's no pizzazz to the food you're like oh let me open this lid what is this oh it's you know yeah it's that brown shit what's the brown shit <laughs> i think it's barbecue sauce i don't know there's probably some little smokies down there i dig around there's no more little smokies fuck off crock pots okay so irving naxon i'm gonna smack you so fucking hard for ruining american culinary tradition that's it the 70s and 80s truly was the death of food in america i will always stand behind that boom i can't believe you're so mad at a guy for inventing a great towel warmer i I, you know what (sighs) i just (laughs) that was as heated as i've ever seen you i think i've also never known about this deep hatred yeah I just crock pots just they're just oh uh, it just I just no thank you I do how, I will never have one how do you tenderize just, your meat when you go to work for eight hours do you know what marinating is do you know what brine is yeah but do you know what also a crock pot does the same thing great um I've made ribs yeah. in a crock pot that are fantastic yeah, guess what? Ribs in a crock pot? That those aren't ribs. Ribs need to be smoked. I'm sorry, but uh, ribs in a crock <laughs> oh, pot, I'm not so, ribs. I'm so sorry. I don't take out my wood chips and let them go smoking in my kitchen while I leave for eight to twelve hours. No, I wanted ribs that night. I'm getting ribs that night. So I put, why couldn't you? No, 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 why no. couldn't you put ribs in the oven for for eight hours? I'm gonna leave the oven on while I'm gone. 
You're going to leave a crock pot on while you're gone? That's what it's for. <laughs> it's safer than this oven. That is why Irving Maxson invented it for, that, for safety reasons, really. He had your best interest in right Crockpots have burned down more houses than ovens, and no one can prove me wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying that. I'm pretty sure it's a fact. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a fact. All right, well, with, yeah. with an airtight argument like that, we'll, we'll turn it over to, to Brian. What do, what do you have for the number three? I don't think my number three could be more opposite than a hatred of crockpots. But I am talking about I want to slap on stage the guy playing his EP at full volume off of his flip phone on the L. Now, you say flip phone. Correct. What it's year always did this a flip take phone. Place? Yesterday. Oh. Okay. <laughs> this is what makes it so much worse. It's like you feel for this guy. He's just trying to he's just trying to get an agent on the L where we all try to sign record deals. All right? <laughs> he's just oh, trying You say his EP. This is, oh, this his, is his own EP. music. Yes. Oh this yeah, it's always music his music. He wrote and recorded himself. Did he yell out like this is my EP? Anyone who likes it let me know. I'll sell you a CD. I have actually seen guys do this and try to pick up women with it on the L. Where they sit there and then just like sitting in there and they're bopping with it. Like, do you like you go want to go out for food sometime? And I was like, are you using your unreleased song to try and pick up women coming from home from work on the L? What is happening right now? Now, the reason why I'm slapping this guy is two. I'm giving him an actual platform where there might be a closer resemblance of somebody who can sign a record deal at whatever stage I'm at. There's a better chance that somebody in the audience there will sign him because of what they heard there. But his penance for doing this on the train where I'm just trying to read my ebook like a good little boy and he's distracting the hell out of me and like flirting with women who do not want to hear his bullshit. He's getting an open face slap. That is what's happening on this stage. So I'm doing two birds with one stone. I'm helping the community and I'm doling out justice. That That's is pretty that is pretty clever. And I just would like to point out that on at least in the public transportation here in Chicago, it is very uh, clearly marked in the signage and on the announcements over the loudspeaker that there should be no playing of any music outside of your headphones. That's very clear. These are the rules we've all agreed on. So exactly. This, and is, I this know is way out of line. But Brian's plan people, is he is going to yes. both enforce the rules and rehabilitate. Which is what I've been passionately advocating for the U.S. prison system for decades now. Sure. So, yeah. Brian, yeah. I salute you for this. Thank you. Yeah. I have heard, I, I have seen every race of human. I have heard every genre of music. I have heard it from iPhones down to flip phones. I have, this is a universal issue, but it all happens on the L or on the L platform. And it has driven me insane for the better half of well over a decade and i just want it to end and i hope the mm-hmm. citizens of chicago and its connecting suburbs will allow me to end it uh i i hope so too i'm, I'm gonna offer you uh, a full three points there and mitch i'm i'm i was very confused by <laughs> by the hatred of a crockpot but i also hate the word crockpot i feel like it's a crockpot that is a, cr- it is a it, crock, i don't yeah. enjoy saying it i don't enjoy hearing it so i'm gonna give you two points and I'm going to turn it back over to you for your number two. Yeah. In any of your research, it, Mitch, did you find out why it was called that? Uh, the the rival company who bought it from Irving Naxon renamed it that. So I think a crock is in like 
I think a croc is like probably the name for like a like a giant um like a like a like a, a pot you use to cook over the fire probably slowly I think is what like a because mm. like a like a croc I think or no sorry no a, a croc is a is a stoneware thing that you put um you can put right into the oven the best cooking method um or <laughs> something else where you can like heat up yeah it's it's like it's just a stoneware thing basically okay, that, expl- that explanation sounds like a crock of shit so. <laughs> yeah but uh, originally irving naxon invented this just to make a singular meat and beans uh jewish stew uh called uh a trolland if i'm pronouncing that correctly but so it, he he originally called it like the bean cooker or like the bean something so it's all about beans and people were like you don't fucking care about beans you know and then um, I will admit also, that is a horrible marketing technique. To, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is all about and, beans. Yeah, you're like no one's gonna. This is not gonna reach market saturation if you're just going the bean route. It's you should just have brought it to I, England. I, I can't talk about crockpots anymore, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> the the only charming thing about the crockpot story is that the two lead uh, food scientists were like two. Um, the the photo I found very very sweet looking women. Um, who worked for the company and it's from Kansas city. So they just looked like, you know, your average Midwestern aunt, you know, with like, like a turtleneck and like a, you know, like a, a button up shirt underneath, you know, that, that aunt look. That's kind of sweet. Yeah. We know yeah, the, yeah. We know yeah, the you guys know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, and it's also from Kansas city. I just don't care for Kansas city as well. Ooh, so, shots fired. in Kansas city too. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Whole damn city. This, this, this one is the one I'm most excited for. And I really hope, I really hope I draw a lot of ire here in comments afterwards. And so my number two, I am, I'm slapping this person, uh, on the, uh, on the Oscar stage, the same place where, where Chris Rock got slapped. And, um, I am making up a fake award and giving it to this person. So they think they've won an Oscar. And, uh, and then I am just going to slap the fucking shit out of them. I hope I can cuss them. That's how hard I'm going to slap this person. That's Kevin Feige. And that is it, it is solely for single-handedly ruining movies and the movie industry with producing Marvel after Marvel um, after Marvel after Marvel after marvelous piles of shit that he's been putting out for the past 10 years. So um, he's ruined financing of movies. He's ruined uh, people's tastes. He's done it all. He's an evil genius. Um, and I absolutely, I absolutely hate him for it. And, um, movies now depresses me because of all the fucking Marvel bullshit. So I'm slapping him so hard. His brain pops out the back of his head. Before we dive too deep into this, I do want to point out, Mitch, (laughs) some similarity to a young man that we met on the first day that you and I met. Uh, on our dorm yeah. in the little meet and greet where the first thing yeah. he said to everybody is I well, like, you were supposed to go around and say our favorite movies like well I don't really support the mainstream industry and I think you all know what I'm talking about and me and Mitch <laughs> made fun of him for years after that and Mitch you're dangerously close to that territory right now just something uh, to think no, about because at that point that point it, it wasn't ruined yet we still had you know we still had some some good movies and we we didn't understand what was coming we didn't understand how the world was going to change so furiously um at the time and- that comment was made what sorry there's someone trying to break into my yard at the time that comment was made how many marvel movies had been out i think some spider-men had come out and, and then first, an x-men first marvel X-Men. movies technically those those are not the mcu the kevin feige involved ones though no, he but was he, he was involved he, very slightly. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, slightly. yeah. He worked on Associate those, Brian. Producer. So I'm sorry, you're wrong. So I'm right. <laughs> Fine, but I'm not talking yeah. about the universe that you're complaining about. 
Well, no, we'll, we'll no, we don't I'm, have to get in the 05 timeline with yeah. that dude. But what is the... Timelines are very important <laughs> to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, so I that's, think we should talk and about that's the And that's one of the problems. Um, and what I, what I can't stand is the... Okay, it's, there's a shared universe, and so other characters pop up. And I've seen some of these movies in theaters, and a couple of them I, I have enjoyed. Uh, more than that, I have not. And you know that these people are going to show up, and because it's they do it in every single movie, and like seven people from the universe like show up, and it's like people are surprised and they cheer, and I'm like, this is just what happens. And the yeah, it, it's yep. it's corny and cheesy, and it just tricks you into going to see every movie because it's like, well, I can't miss this because this character is going to have five or six lines, and it's all and overdone. I do stand and corrected. He is going all the way back to X Men. I did not know that he has been bleeding this his entire life. Yes, I know. I Holy know. That's crap. why. That's impressive. That's, actually, that's why I put him on here, and that's and and that's why it's so it's so bad because. He has not produced anything except for superhero bullshit. Like now he's exec producers on some shows here and there that might be less of it. But this is the problem. It's like he's only ever made this kind of fucking movie. And so it's just I just I hate him so much. And I I, I saw like Iron Man, which was which was the I will say the only one I ever enjoyed. But then I saw like Iron Man 2 and Thor. But that was in my days of I would go to the theater and see like two or three movies at a time. So I'd Sometimes I'd see movies I didn't necessarily want to see, but like, you know, I'm like, eh, I'm paying once, I'll, I'll see three. But, I, you know, I just, it's just like, it, it like, it, it takes, it takes our stars away too to do those projects and that, that I takes totally up their whole schedule. Yeah. And then also like, they just pay him so goddamn fucking much money because it's all owned by Disney so they can just overpay. Yeah. So then projects that deserve this better talent doesn't get them. You're like, ah, it's just, and then also the fact that like, just so much of the conversation about movies and film is dominated by it. And now those movies are starting to get nominated for Oscars, which shouldn't happen. Cause also they're like, well, yeah, any fucking ass turd with a tail or, or a snout for a nose and $800 million could make something that's like, sounds good or edits. Well, like, yeah, fuck off. I don't know. I just, Oh, it just makes me, it just, I, it just grinds my gears so bad. And also th- th- this is another reason. I recently had to do some research on it, pretend like I'd seen some of them to get in good with a with a colleague who loved him and was like a famous curmudgeon. So now he's on my side and he thinks I've seen like almost all of them. And so I've had to fake my way through conversations (laughs) about like the Winter Soldier and fucking uh, Edge of Ultron or whatever fucking diamond diamond ring explosion party or whatever. They weren't weren't edging. They weren't edging Ultron. It was the age of Ultron. That's a very different masturbating movie. a robot. Yeah. <laughs> I watch I watched three quarters of my Marvel movies on Pornhub, and Edge of Ultron <laughs> is great. I will say that. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say the parody's gotta be way more intriguing. Yeah. Um Josh Brolin's in the parody too. He, it's incredible. He's he he really gets into the role. The um, web shooting gets a little out of hand, I think. Yes, yes. Oh too much. Uh yeah. you don't understand how there's that much, but yeah. I, I I digress. Yeah. Um, so Kevin Feige, I would, yeah, God, I would love to smack that shit. Up. Okay, and and I was thinking about this too. So Star Wars also is another giant franchise that's been, I would say, bastardized and whatever, like stretched too thin and pulled and tossed in all these different directions. But at its core, Star Wars is normal people, like in this other made up world. So like they're able to have this good technology and like it still is about individuals. 
like also Darth Vader is like, I don't know, not, not that much fun. Like you, you root for the people who are real people in those movies. And so like, but like with the Marvel, they're, they're here in this world, but they're all just fucking superheroes. And yeah, just, it's so I don't like boring. superhero movies because it's like, I know, I know how they get out of this. I bet they use their superpowers. I bet that's what they yeah. do. And so there's never anything at stake. There's never actually anything at stake. That's just, I remember having that argument after the, f- the first Avengers movie, the stakes are saving the world. And I was like, you know why I liked Iron Man? The stakes were, I need to stop this guy in a robot costume on this one city block. And yeah. It was like, you know what? It was contained. I knew it was going to happen. But like, yeah, by the time you're at the first Avengers movie, you have aliens coming through wormholes, attacking the entire planet. And you're like, well, where, how do you go up from here? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, now there's just multiple universes and we can go to different planets. And now yeah. it's a universe and we can go anywhere we want. And it's like, well... Is yeah. that exponential or it's, does that run out at some it's, point? It's snowballed way, way out of control. And now I, even the people writing it have no, like, the... And I guess we're complaining right now about something like, oh my God, that happened so fast. It's been 15 years. <laughs> it's been nonstop yeah. for almost 15 years. Like, I can, I can understand the cinematic accomplishment of tying 10 years of movies together. That's never been done, but also anything can be done if you throw that much money at it. fine the people who really like that i can respect that but i think i can understand like the tv shows are probably going to be a lot more interesting and it's like you know what i can watch those when i want you can dive into character whatever but again those are stealing our stars too so now it's like every single person is associated with some sort of ip (laughs) it's like really aggravating well it's as much fun as it is sounding like a bunch of old curmudgeons shitting over a thing that's made millions and millions and millions of children happy uh we'll have to move on to brian's number two Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let's not pretend these are just for children. Uh, there's a lot of adults who care way too much about them, too. So well, well, he said children, uh, children happy, children, children, that, children that never died. Yes. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay, okay. <laughs> because okay. they didn't go to my pediatrician. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> but when they do die, your doctor is there, baby. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do the Chris Rock thing and hold in the comment I want to say because I don't think anybody will ever listen to the show again. So number two. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What, what was your comment is you hope you're hot enough or your doctor still wants to be around you when you're dead? Is that what No, it was actually was? worse than that. So I'm going to hold it for off mic. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh God. That's My number two is the person... <laughs> Who ordered more than they can carry at an airport McDonald's. You know you have a rolly suitcase. You know you have a backpack. You know you have a carry-on. Why are you ordering a tray of drinks of hot coffee, orange juice, and a soda while you're getting an egg McMuffin and a hash brown or whatever, and you're just going to try and make it to your gate by yourself? I've seen this on multiple occasions. It is always more gray haired, like cat lady looking women do this than I have. They look like cat ladies or because it's not a business at cat ladies. Oh, my God. It's not a businessman doing this either. It's just it's a schlub and and sweats. And it's just like, why do you guys need this much McDonald's by yourself? Because if you had a place to store your luggage, you're traveling with friends or family. You would have left your luggage at the gate 
and then gone to the McDonald's. But you're going to the McDonald's with every single one of your belongings and ordering enough for a carload of people. Mm -hmm. How are you going to carry this back to your gate? How are you going to finish this before you get on the plane? And why is it all have to be done in one single order? Why can't you get a coffee and an egg McMuffin, go sit at your gate, and you're like, man, I really need to wash this down. Then you can pop back up and get an orange juice and a water if you need just to get your vitamin C up. So but you're just like, how is, no, how is this directly inconveniencing you? I have to look at them. So then you get on stage and get slapped. Okay. <laughs> I have to watch this stupid struggle and think about how stupid humanity has gotten. And it's just like, all right, I'm going to take man and sweats and cat lady and put them back up there. And I'm like, look at these fools. Look at them. Look at them. Try and do things they can't do. That's not right. I have to look at these stupid people and it upsets me. Therefore done. Go back home. Eat your McDonald's at home through a drive through like a normal person, not at an airport, <laughs> where you can put that food down on a seat and be smart about it. Yeah, I, you know, I anyone who orders orange juice, a coffee, and a soda all at once, they're they're a killer, or their tongue doesn't work because that sounds like a terrible beverage experience. You keep Jenny's name out of your fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Was this Jenny? Was this no, no, Jenny? You no. just wanted to help her with her luggage and you were no. like, babe, that's way too much food. This isn't her specifically at the airport, but she will order four separate kinds of drinks no matter what establishment we're at. Also, McDonald's orange juice is fucking terrible. That shit it like burns your mouth. so bad. It is, it is, it is so acidic. It's it so gives disgusting. you acid reflux before it hits your stomach. Yeah. Yeah, here's here's my 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 tip for eating at uh, airport. When I was at uh, O'Hare recently, big always big lines at, at your McDonald's or your Arby's, like those kind of things, like big name things. I waited and I looked for an airport airport employee. So I saw two baggage handlers and where they went, they went to the Chinese place. Zero line. I'm like, that's got to be good. Yep. I go there, incredible meal, only like nine bucks. No, no airport markup. Same as like your Panda Express yeah. downtown Chicago. Great fucking meal. Brought it to a bar. Got to eat at the bar and had a beer at the same time. That's, That's my genius. Hot tip. What yeah, was the place that was by DePaul? Was it called Fast Foods? That sounds right. Yeah, Fast yeah, Foods. That's yeah. the same thing I would do when you had a class that ended at one twenty, and then you had another class that started at one thirty. I go to Fast Foods and just inhale orange chicken and then go to class. I had I had a different was, plan oh. for when I had a class that ended at one twenty and started at one thirty. I just didn't go to one of them. Always worked. <laughs> never late. Never late did... if you don't go. Remember that, kids. You're never late if you don't go. I had that exact same thought process, and I was going to do that once until I calculated that every time I skipped a class, it cost me $665, and then I never did it again. <laughs> I was like, yep, every class I would miss, that's what it would cost. Well, that depressed me very but much. Uh. <laughs> what if you what if you skipped the class but worked during that time then the class would have cost me yeah. 630 <laughs> i i did i gotta admit i did make 665 dollars an hour as a tour guide at depaul it was a pretty sweet gig so i was incentivized wow. Dude, to class. Yeah. that's killer man it was it was nice well, um, I, Brian, we're, 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 we're going to have an, an economic uh, math discussion about what you just said on a later episode, though. Just just let's let's bookmark that and we'll come back to it. So, OK, sounds good. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to score this out. Brian, I'm, I'm only giving you one point because these 
These people didn't do anything to you. I mean, no, I don't. That's fine. I don't want to run into them. Argument. <laughs> I understand. I understand. It says hold doesn't on, really affect on. me in any do way. Do not, do not directly tie this to crockpots because I actually researched mine and I had lots of reasons. Or I researched mine just, too. I lived it at least four or five oh, times. <laughs> you, you just don't have to get a crockpot. It's solved. Me, all I got to do is turn my head to the left. Problem solved. Right? See. It's the exact same no, thing. No, 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 no. That is not what I said. I'm not said. I, I said it ruined. It ruined the American culinary tradition, the 70s and 80s, and the crock pot is a large force. As does that. overstuffing your arms with McDonald's. So, oh, God, just shut <laughs> All right, Mitch, Mitch you get. Boiled, Nathan. Look at it go. Mitch, Mitch you get Nathan, three, mute three him. points. Mute him now. Mute him. <laughs> <laughs> Turn off his mic. All right, Brian, you're cut off. Uh, and uh, now you're, you're back on. Because uh, we got to go oh, into fuck. oh, Mitch, you're, you're you're getting obviously you're getting three points for the Marvel uh, thing. Thank you. And uh, woo, woo, woo. we're gonna we're gonna go to uh, yeah, back to Mitch for the number number one. Who's getting the big slap? Yep, number one. Okay, so number one here is uh, uh, okay. So my number one person, I would um, where what award show would I bring them to? Oh, so the there's an upcoming or maybe they already did it. The NBA 75th Anniversary Awards show. I'd invite him to that as my special guest. Um, I myself would have to get an Apple box to, to do a comfortable full power slap on this one. So I'm, I'm actually probably building on top of the stage. I'm building a smaller stage out of Apple boxes. So I have like a lot of a lot of area to plant and really get into it. So my number one to smack, he's a tall man. He's from Hibbing, Minnesota. Some would say the pride of Minnesota basketball. And that's Kevin McHale. And you might say, oh, the, the Boston Celtics legend, but he was such a nice guy. He was a great teammate. He had, he had mountains and mountains and mountains of post moves. A, a, every move he had, if someone stopped him, he had a counter. He did. The ice cream man himself, 32 flavors <laughs> of post, scoops, shoots, and hook shots. And I would say, I'm sorry. And that's all great. But he also played on a broken foot and ruined his health for the rest of his life. Pretty dumb move. But, of course, tough guy 80s. He had to do it. But in his later life, he became the general manager of the Timberwolves, and he single-handedly ruined my childhood <laughs> by making bonehead moves, bonehead draft picks. And you know, he'll say to, to his grave, "I'm sure, well, I drafted Kevin Garnett." And you're like, "Yeah, great," but everyone wanted Kevin Garnett. He was he was a, a an absolute freak. He had an intensity beyond all others. But his his largest, most stupid move was signing a secret contract with joe smith who is a middling power forward was not going to push the the franchise in one direction or the other we could have just not signed him and we would have been in the same spot but for whatever reason they did a secret pre-contract i don't understand why this even happened um and who the fuck told the nba about it but we lost years and years of draft picks we were fined absolutely ruined the franchise hamstring our ability to to put a supporting cast around Kevin Garnett and to truly take advantage of it. So my point is here, if we had never done that, we would have had all that draft capital, all that goodwill, cap space, and we would have absolutely challenged and or beat the Chicago Bulls late 90s. Uh, and there's no way to say we, we that wouldn't have happened because it absolutely could have happened. And then the Bulls <laughs> wouldn't have had their six championships. Jordan's whole 
six championships, two three-peats legacy would have been gone. This would have changed the course of NBA history. Garnett would have never left Minnesota. He would have won multiple championships uh, in the frozen north. You know, Boston wouldn't have got their rejuvenation. Doc Rivers wouldn't have been a, a a big deal, and he wouldn't have gone on to other teams to ruin them as well and to lose big games over and over and over again. So I'm just saying, this one guy, Kevin McHale, This big, ugly motherfucker from northern Minnesota now has a giant red hand mark on his face. And instead, Jordan only has four championships. And Timberwolves, we've got five. So that's that's what would have happened. That's what would have happened. And you can't say it any otherwise because, like, I'm pretty sure that would have happened. This this is the public consensus among the basketball uh, expertise. This is exactly – what would this would have never happened, Brian? What's your number one? <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. Also, also, then also, Gar- Garnett would have rightfully been known as the best power forward ever play the game. Not Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan would have been pushed down a little bit oh, more. Now we're now we're so, entering yeah. entering the realm of out and out fantasy. So, Brian, bring us bring um, us back down to earth. <laughs> there, there's there, there's there's no way you can refute it because you can't say it couldn't have happened. So, therefore, it absolutely did. But. It's like the multiverse theory in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> yeah, look at, Universe. Look at this Anything guy. Can happen. He's, he's writing his own Marvel script right now. <laughs> he can't help himself. <laughs> A Marvel script full of regular heroes. No superheroes here. Just people who show up every day, rise and grind, and make themselves better at the game of basketball. So thank you very much. It's a nice tagline. Ugh. Well, that's what I'll do. All right, number one. <laughs> I'm slapping my 17-year-old self for, for performing badly in a high school debate. Oh, uh, that's harsh. Now, wow. This is harsh. I deserve this one because how many times have you ever had a quip or said something or couldn't say something, and then later you're like, damn it, you thought of the best retort possible. So many times. This is one of this is one of I, those moments. I always think of the best retorts possible, so I haven't I haven't felt that before. So Okay. Well, yep. Mr. Fantasy. What we're going to talk about here is I remember we were debating something very specifically in social studies in high school. We were debating whether there are absolutes or is everything relative. And it's a very wide ranging debate, obviously. So people who tend to be conservative think in absolutes. People who are more progressive think in relativity. So that's fine. I was on the relative side. We were facing the absolute side. And I remember just being like completely dominated by like everyone on my side had something awesome to say. And I'm like, I need to say something. So I like forced in some like weird, like scenario, like, well, yeah, but like if the guy like breaks into your house, but he was already a bad guy and you kill him, right? And it was like completely (laughs) not a full on thought. (laughs) <laughs> made no sense and i remember the girl sitting next to me just being like no don't don't listen to him and like she continued on with something that was brilliant and i was like god damn it and then i got home and it was like all of a sudden it clicked to me like every single one of them celebrated christmas and i'd be like are you gonna tell your children there's a santa claus everything is relative because lying should be an absolute amoral. No, but you will lie to your children to further the tradition, blah, blah, blah. So lying is relative. Like if I would have thought of that in the moment, it would have been a, it would have brought the house down. Would have been nice. It was so (laughs) fucking perfect. That's a good one. And then, yeah, it was a great one. And then I just remembered later that we asked the one teacher who did not want to be involved in this. They're like, well, what was your thought on this whole experiment? He was like, there's only one absolute, and that 
is that everything is relative. And he walked away. Ah, and I was like, that was such a good line too, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, oh. And yeah, so it was, that was the moment I was like, that was the first time I truly experienced. Like, you can think before you speak. And if you don't have anything to say, you can just not say anything. And no one will care. <laughs> like, if you have something to contribute, contribute. If you don't, shut your fucking mouth and learn about it more and come back. That's totally fine. Or if you say something stupid, go learn about it and correct yourself, you big fat dummy. Now, get up on that stage and take your licking from the older me. Cha, you dumb bitch. That's what I have to say to my 17-year-old self. I have a question for Brian here. Yes. Okay, the, the whole Santa thing. What is, like, is there a positive outcome that is outweighs just not telling your kid ever about Santa? Like, like what's the true positives to them th- believing in Santa? I have no idea anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if it's something so easy that makes them happy and gets them to look forward to it, it's not about changing their behavior and making them good. Yeah. It's more about just being happy and looking forward to a specific season. The sense I think of that's childlike wonder. About. Yeah. And it's just like, you're not going to have that forever. You're going to have that for eight or nine years max. And then life is absolute shit downhill <laughs> from there. So why not just give you nine years max of just a little bit of happiness? Yeah. For one twelfth of the year. <laughs> It's and it's like you're gonna learn about it and you're gonna be like, oh yeah, then you're gonna think like, oh, maybe you'll actually then have the skill set to be like, maybe I should question everything that's said to me. So I think that's actually a valuable lesson as you're getting older, as opposed to just being like, There is no Santa, all your friends are fucking liars. Um, like, don't yeah, that's Brian, your seventeen year old well, self would be so proud of you right now. I would hope so. Well, so, so like could could kids not look forward to Christmas if they just knew their parents were giving them presents? I guess I don't I, – I'm like, like, what's really the downside? Like, may, yeah, maybe you have to answer questions one year for a little bit, but then they know, and then they get to be the cool kid in the class who, like, tells everyone, like, guys, Santa's not really a dumbass. But uh, – Well, then you get a bunch of annoying phone calls from a bunch yeah, of parents you don't look, even like anyway, look, and now you got to talk to them. Look forward to that. Well, Mitch would probably rival in that. He'd probably love that, actually. <laughs> But guess what? If adults are calling me to complain about fucking Santa, they've got a lot bigger issues, and I'm going to hang up on them and say, "How about you look in the mirror a little bit here?" Because I don't is think really you understand how petty most people will be. They would they would love to call you, and I think that's the opposite. They know they would. They don't know that they would have met your match when they called you. So yeah, they'd be it, in for an ass slapping. I'm not denying <laughs> that. All right. Actually, yeah. every person who would call me, I'd say, "Come on over tonight at 10:30 p.m. Uh, stand in my front yard, and I'll and I'll answer your questions." And then I would just line them up and just pop, 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 and then send them all home with a with a, a glass of poisoned hot chocolate. There we go. So, oh, Jesus. <laughs> wow, um, wait a Christmas spirit. Woo! I, I, I got to score the final round out, and Brian for going after. I said you can't come after 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 the people I care about for going after yourself. I got to deduct three points, and then <laughs> then Mitch for for going after uh, beloved people like Kevin McHale, Michael Jordan, and Santa Claus. Old Uncle Scrooge here is also getting deducted three points. <laughs> so, oh come on! So that leaves our score of Brian with a a robust two, and Mitch with a nice healthy strong six. So Mitch, you in the, in the maybe the lowest scoring game we've ever had. Mitch is the winner. <laughs> 
man. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the the W and uh yeah. Uh slap on, <laughs> my dudes. <Yeah. laughs> well, alright, that leaves my fast five, which you will surely remember was Arbabamjajanga Gambio. Uh that's right. Arbabamjanabanda Gambio. Uh, if you're a little slow in the uptake, that is, and need it spelled out for you, that is rock band members who joined based on nominative determinism as guessed by Brian Ernst. Some oh, people's boy. paths in life were laid out as soon as a name was put on the birth certificate. These five musicians could only have ever up, end up in the bands they did. So, Brian, I'll give you a name of a rock musician, the instrument they played, and you just have to guess what band they were from because their names just fit so perfectly. Number five. Okay, well, embar- let's embarrass myself. Let's Number five. Is he straddling on guitar? Ow! Mm, oh, um, uh, 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 uh s- s- fuck you in the suggernauts. Guns and um, Roses. Number four. Yeah. Geezer Butler on the bass. Uh, British Castle and the guillotines. Close. Black Sabbath. Number oh, three, Frank Beard on drums. ZZ Top. That's right. Trick question, though, because he only recently grew a beard. Mm. Uh, Number mm. two, Artemis Pyle on the drums. Uh, Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner is correct. And number oh. one, Mick Fleetwood on the drums. I must say Fleetwood Mac. Yes. Can you believe the coincidence? <laughs> the drummer of Fleetwood Mac just so happened to be called Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> And you tell me you don't believe in destiny. And that's this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Joining us from UBK Towers in Berwyn has been... Brian Ernst. And from the ramshackle tenements in the Southport Corridor of Chicago has been... Mitch Brinkman. And I'm Nathan Hennifin. As Bisber always says, don't hit people. Simple as that. Auf Wiedersehen and adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Oh, 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 oh,